Ken Mephelcia. Welcome to Crombie Hop Podcast for May 4th, 2023. My name's Terry O'Donnell, and I'm back again for another episode of Backpage News from Around the World and an op-ed about something that may be important somehow. In this once-a-week podcast, I try, to, I try to stay away from prominent headline news of the week because it seems redundant to repeat the same news you already know about. Instead, I try to offer you back-page news from journalists and writers from around the world that you may have never heard of. These stories are usually about something offbeat that may bring you a smile or make you think for a moment, or at least I hope so. A little about me. I'm of Irish descent and a self-possessed, self-professed Sean Kay, a Gaelic storyteller. And I want this to feel like we're sitting under the Gaelic Crombiha, which translates as the Tree of Life, and is typically the village oak tree. Sitting under the tree together, I will give you some headlines to back page stories, my commentary, some of which may be even amusing a little bit. This show is more about me trying to bring attention to the little-known injustices found in the world news. I want to use this podcast as a friendly space to promote my activism towards the wrongs of the world, hopefully without causing any trouble with anyone. I offer this free to anyone who cares to listen because I have no desire to charge any money to bring attention to the things going on in the world that you should know about. I feel it takes away from the idea what this show is all about. I also offer the option of donations and subscriptions should I ever become good enough to deserve them from my online stories and articles. More about that during the break. Speaking of which, I'll be taking a break at the halfway point to wet my whistle. During that break, I do promote my own website, stories, and articles in short, one to two minute clip, but nothing too fancy. So let's have a go at what I found for you this week. My first story is came out a few days ago, and this came out of Washington, D.C. A threat to Kim Jong-un, what the Washington Declaration means. We take a look at the significant significance of the declaration, whether it should make North Korea change its direction. This came out of Al Jazeera. A new agreement between South Korea and the U.S. allows the U.S. to nuke subs to park in South Korea. And there's strong words in the public about the U.S. support. All good things except for one thing. What if the GOP retakes the White House in 2024? Then all bets are off. If we know anything about the GOP and if Trump gets elected, he's going to automatically become buddy-buddies with Kim Jong-un again, and then all of, all these agreements that's going on right now are going to be gone. And this one's from overseas. Father challenges BP at meeting after son's death. This is from BBC.com. A grieving father in Iraq confronts BP oil over its gas flaring that has been determined to cause cancer which the father says is like a flu plague in his area now. BBC uncovered the story about how all of the oil giants are doing this in the third world oil fields. Apparently they figure oil is more valuable than people's lives. And this goes to show you how the corporations don't care about human life. All they care about is money. And they don't care who they kill to get it. And in a third world country, their idea is that, well, it's a third world country. They're out in the middle of the desert. We're drilling. We don't care if we kill anybody. Who's gonna, who else is going to care? Well, this man cares because his father's died. You know, his son died. I mean, I, I think we, I think we should all care. Then back to the United States, Kansas enacts most sweeping transgender bathroom law in the U.S., vetoed by the governor but overridden by the Republican legislators. The law 
lobby comes amid a broader nationwide attack on trans rights. Now, this is something that's been in the world news for months and months and months now about how the United States is is attacking transgender people, LGBTQ people and everything else all over the country. Um, And this new law restricts transgender people from going anywhere to use public facilities opposite their gender at birth. At birth. No more gym lockers, public bathrooms, sports, pretty much everything and more red states are following suit. Now, I had that story last week how they're trying to eliminate all public reference to transgender and LGBTQ plus people in their states. They're trying to force them out and then close the doors behind them. And then this one here came from Australia. More on racist, racist stuff. Police release footage of racist flyer drop as part of investigation into possible vigilante attack on Queensland House of Teen Girls. And this came out of the Guardian, Australia. Vigilanteism is going strong in Queensland, Australia. The Aussie racists are a mirror image of the U.S. Seems the English racist apple doesn't fall far from the English tree anywhere in the world. And other Canadians are also leaning all of that. And again... You know, like like I was saying, the apple doesn't far the English colonization across the world and none, and this doesn't fall far from their tree. Everywhere they went, they brought their racist attitudes with them. Philippines reports confrontation with China in South China Sea. Philippines Coast Guard accuses China of engaging in dangerous maneuvers around the second Thomas Shoal. Now, that doesn't really make a lot of big news anywhere else in the world outside of the China Sea area, but if anybody knows anything a little bit about news, the Philippines has been trying to sue China for quite a few years now because the China fishing fleets are raiding all of their fishing grounds, putting the Filipino fishermen out of business, and not just the Philippines, but other little island nations around the area as well. Um, They've even reported issues with the fishing fleet taking fish from South American coast on, on their West coast. But the Chinese don't care. All they care about is making money and feeding their people. And they don't care who they bully to get it. And this is, you know, this story is about the ongoing dispute who over who has sovereignty in the China Sea region. China says they own it all. And it's an issue with other countries around the area. Um, they've conned to the world court and they're about their aggressive tactics. And, you know, the obvious goal is, is for China to physically control the Eastern Pacific region of the world. So what happens to countries like the Philippines, Vietnam, Brunei, Malaysia, and Taiwan? Are they to become communist satellites like Hong Kong in the future? Well, you know, China is not really talking about that, but they're making some moves in that direction. So maybe that's their end goal. They're just not talking about it too much. This one goes down to Brazil. Brazil's Lula resumes creation of indigenous reservations. Again, this is more climate news here coming out of Brazil. Good news, actually. And again, another article out of Al Jazeera. The president recognized six indigenous reservations under policy halted by his predecessor, Jair Bolsonaro. There's a video about this, which you can get once I post a link on the website. 
But the big thing is he's setting up indigenous reservations that he promised to try and save the rainforest becoming worse than it already is. And maybe get back to what it was before, before the greedy corporations decided to take any gold and other minerals. Or the farmers stripping it to grow fruit. And it's, I've got another article here a little bit later on talking about some of this. So down in Brazil, there was a big issue about farmers trying to strip the Amazon down there to make farmland to grow cows and farming and everything else. And they're not doing it for themselves necessarily. The idea is to export all this overseas. And again, follow the money. They don't care about the trees. All they care about is making money. Chop down a bunch of trees, grow a bunch of cows, grow, grow a few whatevers to sell, and we don't care about the future generations. We don't care what happens to the earth. We chop down all the trees. All we care about is making money today. And this one from Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. This one uh, from Yumna Rizvi. She's a political analyst at the Center for Victims of Torture. A grave Guantanamo detainees may start dying if the U.S. does not act. A grave medical crisis at Guantanamo is looming and needs immediate government action to prevent deaths. And then another article out of Al Jazeera. Here's a story that gets a little attention, if any, in the United States. Uh, and we're supposed to have freedom of the press. That's a real laughable statement. These detainees were never supposed to leave Guantanamo, Guantanamo ever. We picked them up overseas, said they were terrorists, put them in our prison down there. And then, you know, what was supposed to be a POW prison down in Guantanamo Bay? Yeah, not so much. Okay, now it's basically a prison of do whatever we want to these people, get them out of the public eye and put them in there to rot and forget about them. We want them to die down in the prison down there. We don't want anybody to know they're there. Now, the big thing is the U.S. doesn't want the world to know that we violated the Geneva Convention regarding POWs. The U.S. claims they're not POWs. Well, if they're not POWs, what are they? They haven't been charged with anything. They're just being kept down here in cages. So their basic rights are being violated in the world court. Well, that, in any court, any democratic court, and the U.S. dares to lecture other countries on human rights. People who live in glass houses shouldn't be throwing stones. And this one goes back to Europe now. This article I got from the Netherlands out of Al Jazeera. Sperm donor who fathered at least 550 kids banned by Dutch court from donating any more sperm to the sperm banks over there. Court says under Dutch guidelines, sperm donors are allowed to produce a maximum of 25 children with 12 mothers. This is somewhat amusing, but it goes to show you the hubris of some men around the world who want to live forever through their descendants. The more children you have, the longer you'll be remembered, or so the theory is believed. And so it seems like the Dutch courts are telling this guy, you seriously abuse this issue. You need to stop now. And then there's probably a few others over there that have gotten in on this as well. And now they're taking a look at it and saying, all right, you guys are abusing this privilege. You just need to stop. And this one, I'm going to jump back across the world again. This is another article out of Australia. And this is a human interest story from Australia. Caring for the half-wild dogs of Yundumu's ab aboriginal community. Gloria Morales has spent decades looking after the freely roaming dogs of a remote aboriginal community 
where their animals have deep cultural significances. And she originally, she was originally from Chile and moved to this Aboriginal area for artistic reasons and ended up being the community dog lady. She talks about how hard it was to get started to trust, you know, due to trust issues. But after 20 years in, nor in the northern part of Australia, she's now a big part of the community because she takes care of all these dogs. And it's a really, really good story. Uh, I'm, again, I'm going to post the link. Um, if you want to read some, some human interest, this is a good one to read. And here's another outside of the United States story, but it's somewhat familiar. Walmart security guard in Thompson, Manitoba, feels lucky to be alive after being attacked with a shopping cart. Attack highlights ongoing safety issues in the area, northern Manitoba residents say. So it's not even safe in Walmarts in Canada anymore. Canada is becoming more and more like the United States every other month. Uh, that's I feel bad for the Canadians. I really, I really feel bad for other countries whose people try to mimic the United States. America has enough problems. We don't need to be fueling fires in other countries and having people mirror our issues. And this one is another article. This one I got from the CBC Canada News. This is about sports. So if anybody's watching, if anybody's interested in NHL hockey, which, you know, I've been sort of, I used to be a big fan, not so much anymore. Uh, but I do kind of read through this stuff a little bit. I have been a fan of Canadian hockey for since I was a kid. So the Maple Leafs have made it to the playoffs. And then they're going up against the Florida Panthers. So Canadian residents barred from buying tickets for Maple Leafs Panthers games in Florida. So that means what that really means is the franchise owners, as long as the games are being played down there in Florida, these playoff games, they don't want the Canadians traveling down there and buying up tickets. Their tickets are for Americans only. Now that's not gonna go. I mean, that's not really gonna go over well with Maple Leafs fans, uh, but it goes to show you just how ugly Americans can get when it comes to people around the world. This is, to me, this is more of um, outrageous behavior. And this one here is another environmental story in the Crossroads State of Illinois in the U.S. Nearly 2 million people live near warehouses shrouded by truck pollution. More than 2,400 warehouses in the state of Illinois, many of its neighborhoods face heightened pollution risks. A recent study shows there are twin culprits, online shopping and the legacies of redlining. So what that really means is the article in Climate News, it's in InsideClimateNews.org, talks about how diesel-fuel-powered trucks are polluting neighborhoods badly due to the new warehouses cropping up near residential areas to satisfy the home delivery craze. So as we all know, home delivery by companies like Amazon and a bunch of other ones around the world, Timu, um, what's the one over in China? I forget now. Um, but the big thing about it is, in order to satisfy the needs of all the people, they're having to build these warehouses in neighborhoods now. Well, the problem with that is that you have to use trucks to move the goods from the warehouse to people's houses. Well, trucks are all using gasoline and diesel, diesel being the worst, and polluting like crazy. So clouds and clouds of diesel, carbon monoxide, are flooding into these residential neighborhoods. 
and making people sick. So what a question. Well, Amazon wanted to set up a thing where they were doing drone deliveries. And I guess they're, I don't know if that experiment's ever going to take off. I mean, they, this was several, several, several years ago when I used to watch um, 60 Minutes. And they did an article on drone delivery. And I thought, well, that's all well and great. How, an, you know, a, a regular drone could pick up a small box, probably weighs less than five pounds, maybe less than one pound, and deliver it to somebody's porch. Well, that's fine. But unfortunately, people order stuff like crazy. And you got multiple boxes. You got some really heavy stuff. I know I've got a really heavy something coming. It's got to come by truck. So the idea is drones, they're going to have to step up their game to have drones big enough to carry all this stuff if they're going to make that a viable part of their business. Why scientists suggest you take SpaceX Ed before blasting off? Excuse me. And this is a report by UK University. Excuse me. Suggests more regulations and research is needed as space tourism booms. This is in Philip Drost in CBC Radio. For tourists who want to have sex in space someday, SpaceX Ed, apparently, there should be some issue with pregnancies in zero G. You know, that, and the article talks about what could happen if you get pregnant in zero G, uh, birth defects and all kinds of stuff. I mean, not that we're anywhere near that yet, but the fact that there are companies like Musk and, and other ones who are wanting to launch tourist trips up in, up in the outer space, um, people being people, they're going to be out there any length of time. They're going to want to have sex in space. So what's that going to do to the, to the woman? Well, they're working on that. And this one goes back overseas again. This one's from Ireland. New polls suggest 70% of Northern Irish population wants changes to the Good Friday Agreement. It's by Rory Fleming. This came out of www.joe.ie News. A new survey conducted by YouGov in conjunction with Ohio State University has found that more than two-thirds of the people in North, Northern Ireland believe that big changes are required to the power-sharing compromise brought about by the Good Friday Agreement. So the Good Friday Agreement was 20 years ago, 25 years ago. We just had an anniversary here recently, and I'll mention that in my previous broadcasts. But the big thing about that is this survey basically is saying that in order for this to continue, um, they need to make a few changes. Well, you know, maybe tweak it for the times, make things so that everybody's happy. Of course, DUP being the way they are, you're probably never going to make them happy. So I could... I can see how that could be a little interesting. Now, I've got an immigration story here. This came out of Reuters. Migrants find tips on Chinese version of TikTok for long trek to the U.S.-Mexico border. And this, this was reported by Echo Wang and Micah Rosenberg. This is a story about how Chinese migrants escaping from China are traveling to Ecuador, which has a no-visa agreement with China, and are traveling by foot from Ecuador to the U.S. southern border and coming across illegally to claim asylum by the thousands. Imagine that. So, worldwide, how do you, what do you say? Worldwide, I guess, impression is a, a word I could use. Worldwide impression of the United States 
is that the only people that are flooding our southern border are people from South America, Central America, Latinos, basically. And that is so far from the truth. We have people coming across our southern border who are from the Caribbean. We have a lot of Cubans, people from Haiti and other uh, distressed countries, you know, small island countries. But we have a large portion of Pakistanis, people from India. We got people coming from Bangladesh. We got them coming from the Middle East and Africa and China, thousands, thousands of China, Chinese people, um, and so on and so forth. So we are being flooded across our southern border by the population of the world. They're all trying to acclaim asylum in the United States. Of course, Europe has just got a big thing going on with that, too. It's, a, it's just kind of a I'll throw that out there kind of story, thinking I want to disabuse people around the world that it's not just the folks from the from the Americas trekking up through. We got them coming from everywhere in the world trying to come across Central America and get up into the United States. And the Americans aren't dealing with that very well. So I've got a relatively somewhat amusing climate change article, if you will. The No-Mow Movement That Could Transform Our Lawns by Allison Chu. This was in the Washington Post. A climate solution alternative to using lots of water and gas lawnmowers, edgers, and blowers. All that to maintain perfectly manicured landscape for what? Why not transform that grass to more life-sustaining growth for butterflies, birds, squirrels, and other flora and fauna? Now, I wish I had that option. My HOA here won't let me do anything like that. But basically what she's promoting in this news article is instead of cutting your grass short, making it look all pretty and running, you know, running lawn sprinklers and all kinds of crazy stuff, spewing gas out of your equipment needed to maintain all this landscaping, let it go. Use a electric lawnmower, which they're all over the place, and forget about the edging and stuff like that. You can use an electric edger if you need to. But get rid of get rid of those gas blowers, gas lawnmowers, gas edgers. Quit polluting the atmosphere. Let your lawn grow a little bit. Let the bugs and insects do their thing because you got to have them as part of the ecosystem. And have, you know, enjoy flowers and things like that. I, know, I think it's a good idea. I just wish somebody would let me do it. This one coming out of Colorado, state of state of Colorado. Colorado passes four gun control bills as state reckons with gun violence history. The measures signed into law by the governor aim at quelling suicide rates, youth violence, and mass shootings. This came out of The Guardian, U.S. News. They raised the age to buy a gun from 18 to 21. A three-day, and enacted a three-day waiting period between purchase and receipt of gun. And of course, the GOP legislatures decried about infringing on the Second Amendment rights. I'm calling BS on that one. No way. They're not infringing on gun rights as far as the Second Amendment is concerned. All they're trying to do is protect the citizens. I wish more states would do this. And there's another story here regarding um, laws being passed in conservative states. Abortion bans failed to pass in two conservative states by Rebecca Falconer. This came from Axios.com. Seems that a few red states are fighting back against the extreme abortion laws. Hopefully this may be a trend in the future. I'd like to see more red states get in on this. 
and this one goes back overseas. Almost two-thirds of elephant habitat lost across Asia, study finds from Helen Reagan and CNN. A climate article about how humans have pushed Asian elephants out of two-thirds of their original habitats, and they're still pushing them. The elephants are trying to push back to little avail. So are Asian elephants going to become extinct due to human population growth? India just, just became the world's largest population in the world, overtaking China. And all of those people are pushing the elements, pushing the elements out. That's To me, that's pretty sad. Pretty sad. And here's another one from uh, Climate Change. This, again, comes from that re region of the area. This is from Pakistan and India. Is a 1960 treaty between Pakistan and India killing the mighty Ravi River? came from Dia Hadid and Abdul Sattar. This came out of NPR.org. And due to an old treaty made when the British divided Pakistan from India, the Ravi River has become a contested, vastly polluted river flowing between both countries and with global warming drying up the rivers. This will likely give those two countries something else to fight about. So the article talk about how the Indian section has become severely polluted to all the dams and everything. Uh, and the Pakistani side, and the Indian side too as well, as far as that goes. And it's all about water, lack thereof. And the big thing about it is, if global climate, you know, keeps warming up, is the river going to dry up? It's already a smelly mess. What happens when the water runs out? So now you got a smelly, muddy mess. And are, are you know, are the Pakistanis going to India, and the Indians going to fight about that? Yeah, you can just about bet your money on that one. And here's another one. Uh, a little bit farther east, endless record heat in Asia as highest April temperatures ever recorded. Record temperatures from months recorded in Thailand, Myanmar, Laos, Vietnam, China, and South Asia come out of the Guardian. It's an environmental thing. Record April temperatures have been recorded at monitoring stations across Thailand, Myanmar, Laos, and Vietnam, as well as China and South Asia. Upwards of 109 degrees Fahrenheit temps, record-breaking records. And it's only going to get worse as global warming kicks, kicks into gear. So it's not just in the United States, folks. It's everywhere. Student 13. This is, this is overseas again. Student 13. Arrested as Serbian school shooting leaves nine dead. Police believe the subject learned the code to the safe where his parents' gun, where his father's gun was stored. This is in CBC Canada. So it, it's a big deal overseas because this almost never happens overseas. I mean, it, it's an everyday thing here in the United States. But in Serbia, yeah, that never happens. So I got to wonder, where did he get the idea from? How much you want to bet he got it from the United States news feeds? So this is a good article, another overseas article. This is in BBC.com. And it has nothing to do with the United States for a change. Italy's drug drugetta. This is this is an Italian name for a mafia. Indrugetta targeted in police raids across Europe. A story from Europe how the European police, most notably the Italians, broke up and arrested over a hundred mafia members across the world that had ties to other criminal organizations around the world, such as in other countries in Europe, South America, and China. Good for the Europeans. It's nice to see them do something big without the Americans being involved and stealing all the glory. I like to see more stuff like that. 
I think it's time that the Europeans kind of kind of disassociated themselves from the Americans for a little bit uh, because things are kind of getting dicey over here. And this is coming back to the United States. U.S. investigation uncovers two 10-year-olds working at a Kentucky McDonald's. Investigation also found three franchises in four states employed a total of 305 children working more than legally permitted hours. They come out of the Guardian U.S. News. As I've said before, I'm a huge advocate against child labor here in the United States and other countries. And this story goes about they busted three McDonald's stores in Louisville, Kentucky, and around the the region, that part of the United States. And it's, it's ongoing, and it clear, clearly shows desperation to stay in business despite the laws. For the kids, they don't know any better, and their parents obviously don't care as long as the children aren't hanging out of the house. Daycare is daycare. But the problem is it's becoming a big thing in these red states. They're so desperate for labor, cheap labor. And nobody wants to go to work at these places like McDonald's, Chick-fil-A's, and you name it, fast food restaurants. So they're hiring children, and they don't care. They're going to pay the fines and move on. And pretty soon they'll get busted again. So is, is the American government going to start closing these stores? Probably not. So I got this one this morning. This story came out of Texas. Is Texas going to invalidate an entire election in Democratic-leaning Houston, Texas? The only way Republicans can hold on to power is with their phony pro- proclamations of voter fraud as the excuse to restrict the franchise to white people through restrictions, purges, and intimidation. This came from Tom Hartman and the HartmanReport.com. But this goes back to Texas leading the way in some aspects, how they want to take their election laws and subvert them to their needs so that only a cross-section of the white population in Texas is going to be allowed to vote here if they have their way. Democrats not allowed. Uh, a lot of other states are following suit with voter purges and so on and so forth. So it's going to come down to, if they keep getting away with this, is we're in a red state. If you don't belong to a certain white income demographic, you're not going to be allowed to vote for anything in any of these states. Be, the rights going to be taken away from you. Number of potential modern slavery victims in England and Wales hits a high record. So, you know, I talk about child labor here in the United States and around the world. And this is also part of my activism where I've written several articles and published them Medium and Substack uh, regarding modern, modern day slavery. And here's a good example. Latest figures show Albanian nationals account for almost a third of total and British nationals a quarter of total. And this is, goes back to English, England's racist history and their current immigration woes. Now, why is that not surprising? English, England has been a racist country since forever. As, as long as records have been kept. And their colonization around the world speaks to that. But here here we have all these people that are trying to get into England because where they're coming from is an absolute disaster. England can't stem the tide. So they're trying to enact all kinds of laws, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. A lot of people are dying in the, cha- in the channel trying to get across to them. And England is in trouble now for ignoring them, so letting them drown. But meanwhile, you got all of these thousands of people coming in, 
and England doesn't know what to do with them. So what are the British companies doing? They're enslaving them, trafficking them, trafficking them, all kinds of stuff. And there's, they're trying to do something about it, but to be honest with you, um, not a lot happening there. So that's all I've got as far as the rest of the week goes. Um, so I'm going to take a break, and I'll be back in a couple of minutes after I get a drink. While I'm gone, I've got a little bit of a commercial for you here. It takes a couple of minutes. And after that, I've got a little story op-ed for you in the second half. So I'll be right back in a few minutes. I want to take this break time to bring attention to my website, Crown Beha, at https colon forward slash forward slash 527.websitex5.me. I have a blog page where I offer insights and teasers about the articles and stories I write and where I posted them. Here in the website, you can also learn a little more about what Crombieha means for a little bit of Irish culture and more about me in general. I also have links to my Medium and Substack pages, an ad page for my books, and a contact page in case someone cares to leave a message. If you care to read my Medium.com articles, I have an option at the end of all the articles and stories to leave a donation to my coffee fund and to sign up for a subscription if you want. No one's obligated to financially support my work because I post everything for free. Medium does ask you to sign up to read the full piece, though, even if it is for free. So just a heads up. If you want to read something and don't want to sign up for anything, give me a shout through the contact page on my website, and I'll reach back out to you to see if we can work something out. Welcome back to Crombiehad's second part here. This is my op-ed for May 4th. And this is, I wrote this article and published it uh, in both Medium and Substack here couple, three, four weeks ago, and entitled, It is Disheartening to Live in the U.S. Now, From Ignorant Entitled Politicians to Ignorant Citizens, I'm Afraid of the Future. As I glean the news from for my weekly podcast every week, I get more and more depressed about the continually deteriorating situation in this country and the fact that we are starting to drag our northern neighbors down with us. The rich, entitled elites have nothing but disdain for us folks of lesser economic situations and than themselves. And you wonder why American citizens are upset. All they know is that some of us are upset because Trump lost the election, or climate change is disrupting their lives, or the police are brutally murdering people they are hired to serve and protect, or other superfluous things we all yell at them about in the town hall meetings that rarely happen outside of election cycles for the most part. They don't see the real reason why they were upset with them. On the surface, it's all about those things I mentioned, and a whole lot more, but underneath, it's despair. The vast majority of the poor and lower middle class income demographics are tired of wondering where their next meal is coming from, if their shelter is going to be taken away, or other life-threatening situations that they deal with every day. And they're just playing war out over it all. If our elected government could figure out a way to offer a stable lifestyle to its citizens in all economic stratus, we wouldn't have nearly the amount of unrest we have now. Joe Biden is trying to put climate change and infrastructure repairs to the top of his agenda, but the GOP is only concerned with bucking him at every turn, and they can't offer anything in good rebuttal. So everything sits, and as little is accomplished while they fight it out as usual. Meanwhile in the news, Donald Trump is gaining strength in the polls once again as the GOP frontrunner for the next Republican nomination for 2024. 
Ron DeSantis is coming in at an ever-increasing second place now, as King Donald is already telling his rally attendees what he plans to do if elected again. He wants to gut the government of all who oppose or think about opposing his whims, consolidate power into the executive so he can take care of the people without any interference from the Democrats and the rhinos so much and so much more. If anybody doesn't know what a rhino is, it's a Republican in name only. That's his acronym. And this page is right out of the 1930s Nazi history book. Anyone with any kind of a brain not totally addicted to Fox News and other right-wing radio shows by now should be very afraid of him. Texas, Florida, Missouri, Idaho, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Kentucky, Iowa, and so many other states are frothing at the mouth over his possible return like a returning messiah. He promises to take care of the downtrodden and disenfranchised, and are all, and it's all smoke and mirrors, just like the last time, but they can't see that. Donald Trump is still the great white hope for all the white supremacists and not as extreme supremacist folks who are afraid of being replaced by the others with darker skin. But these idiots in the poor red states or rich white elitists who want a white Christian nationalistic government someday will continue to follow this Pied Piper over the cliff, each group for their own reasons, while King Donald laughs and prances with his magic flute all the way to the bank. The best thing that could happen to the GOP right now will be for Donald Trump to have a heart attack or a stroke that incapacitates him before the election in 2024. It would upset the apple cart so badly the GOP would not likely recover to front a better candidate in time for the election. I don't normally wish ill on people, even creatures like Donald Trump and his two sons. But I make an exception this time for the greater good of the United States people. We can do better than this. But until these charlatans are gone from the front page news forever, a large faction of the poorest and easily duped people will continue to follow their demigod all the way to the end. We can blame the media for the most part, but as we already know from the latest front page news this week, they are largely untouchable because of their money. Rupert Murdoch needs a new focus for his money-making media attention machines. Australia is hitting the media hard these days, and the Brits are starting to wake up a little more as well, but they have quite a ways to go yet. In the U.S., Fox News has a lot more has lost a lot more credibility of late over this latest scandal with Dominion. But now that the hush money has been paid, that story has faded away quickly and is business as usual again. The only question on everybody's mind, who's going to replace Tucker Carlson? There's a lot of stake around the world with regard to the 2024 presidential election coming up, with a lot of world leaders watching the proceedings very carefully, now and through the next year and a half. A new world order could take place if King Donald takes the U.S. throne again, and they know it, especially with the so-called allies like the EU, Great Britain, Australia, and Canada. France and the European Union are starting to make subtle changes on how they interact with their U.S. counterparts, as witnessed by some recent statements from Francis Macron. The EU is starting to put a little more distance between themselves and the U.S. now in case, in case things go south if Donald, King Donald returns. The Americans are no longer so reliable anymore. China is playing the long game as usual, standing up to the U.S. over Taiwan and other things like trade, Meanwhile, making deals with other countries that used to be exclusive U.S. turf. They are coming up with a strong face while running around in the back alleys of the world making deals that are likely undermining U.S. influence in lesser socioeconomic circles, such as Africa and Southwest Asia. India is all about making deals with whomever nowadays in their climb up the superpower ladder. 
They are defending themselves against Chinese military aggression on their border with them, but have no problem trading with China or Russia. They don't care what the U.S. thinks, and this trend is starting to take off around the world. Countries are no longer putting up with the U.S. bullying tactics of old and are going their own way, like Saudi Arabia and Israel, for example. The global network is breaking down, and if the Americans thought they had money problems before, it's only going to get worse if this trend keeps going. As more and more countries take on, take on more nationalistic postures, the U.S. may get cut out from the playground even more as time goes on. Even now, there's a lot of chatter in the global markets about using another trade currency other than U.S. dollars, the Chinese yuan, for instance. I wonder who started that rumor, Beijing. And that means a lot more unemployment inflation ahead as exports dwindle down with less trading partners overseas. Maybe that could be turned around and these goods could be offered to the American public like the old days. The U.S. used to be a powerhouse of factories and self-sustainment, but we gave it all away with things like NAFTA and free trade agreements a few decades ago. Going back to that could be a good thing if the U.S. Work workforce can get their heads out of their Fox News media and wake up to what they're losing before it's all gone. Given the current climate and that is proving to be a very helpful uphill battle that the Democrats don't seem to want to tackle for fear of losing what constituency they still have left. Lady Liberty is starting to look like a tired old lady in flannel pajamas and flip-flop slippers, sipping on a cup of coffee at the kitchen table, watching Fox News media while that all slips away. This is the new reality for the lower-income, white-skinned U.S. citizens in 2023. It's just some of them don't know it yet. They're still waiting for the Messiah to bring back the good old days. This is all I have for you this week, so I'll offer you a thought to ponder as we part ways this week. Where do you think the United States is headed? Do you think we can get ourselves together and step back from the political abyss we appear to be heading for? Or are we going to continue down the slippery slope towards fascism and authoritarianism? I would like to thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed it and you'll return again for another episode of the Crown Off podcast. Feel free to share this with your friends and relations. The more the merrier. Each podcast will be free for two months in Substack.com and can be downloaded from the iTunes Store, also free. Search for Crown Behaw Podcast or under my name, T-O-D-O-M-H-N-A-I-L-L, -L, in the Apple Store. My goal is for just to feel like a village meeting place atmosphere under the spreading oak tree during our time together with an Irish flair. As a Sean Key, I want to travel to your digital village to bring you the back page news from the outside world and maybe a story or two that might bring you a smile and make you think a little after we part for the day. As I close out this episode, I wish to leave you with this Irish blessing as you go about your day until we meet again. May your troubles be less and your blessings be more and nothing but happiness come through your door. Slongo foil, which means goodbye for now in Irish. <laughs>